Hello and welcome to another episode of the Book Baby Spotlight Podcast, your home for conversations with authors, illustrators, editors, and other industry insiders from the world of self-publishing. I'm your host, Sam Zidane, joined as always by my colleague, Chad Inson. Hey, Sam, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right. So today we're talking about crowdfunding. Crowdfunding as a concept has been around for centuries. People finding unique ways to raise money is nothing new. But the first major campaign was an effort to complete the Statue of Liberty. Chad, what did you learn about that? Yeah, so apparently the city of New York would not allocate the proper funds to finish the Statue of Liberty way back in 1885. Publisher John Pulitzer used his newspaper, The World, to raise $100,000, which today would be around $2 million, by putting crowdfunding articles in his newspaper, allowing the city to complete the Statue of Liberty. Interesting. It must be really easy to raise funds when you have such a public pulpit, though. My idea that earlier era crowdfunding uh, was the town of Bedford Falls giving Jimmy Stewart all the money at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, today it's mostly online where platforms can connect people with financial backers all over the world, especially in the arts and music. That's where it's really taken off. Kickstarter was founded in 2009, GoFundMe in 2010, right around the same time as Book Baby was emerging. And suddenly the gates are down for creatives who can fund their projects finding patrons through these platforms. So the director of publishing and commerce outreach at Kickstarter, Oriana Leckert, took some time out of her busy schedule to talk to me about how that platform works. So Kickstarter is a crowdfunding platform where people bring a creative idea to life uh, and backers support that idea with their their money and their attention. I'll tell you a couple of things that set Kickstarter apart from the other crowdfunding platforms. First of all, Kickstarter is a public benefit corporation. Uh, We reincorporated our business charter in, I believe, 2015. This is a pretty heavy uh, designation. It requires us to consider uh, the impact of all of everything that we do on society at large. Uh, We can never be coerced by stakeholders, shareholders, stockholders um, to make decisions that would uh, undermine our mission, which is to bring creative projects to life. Everything we do comes back to that goal. It's a a really progressive company overall. We donate... um, I believe 5% of our after-tax profits to charities. We are constantly looking at initiatives to support uh, better environmental practices, workplace practices, things like that. Um, So we're the only crowdfunding platform that is a public benefit corporation. And we are specifically dedicated to creative work. Um, You can't use Kickstarter for medical bills, for investment funding, for charitable donations. Everything, every project on the site is bringing a new creative project into the world. We are also the only crowdfunding platform that uses an all or nothing funding model. a lot of people think that's kind of scary. The uh, the mechanics of that are that if you set out to raise $50,000 and you only raise $20,000, you get zero thousand, none dollars, no dollars. It's all or nothing. Um, but for a lot of reasons, it's really central to how this how our company was set up. It's actually done to protect creators. Um, The idea is that you need to do a really honest accounting of what you need to bring your project to life. Uh, And if you, you know, have done all your budgeting, worked out your own P&L, factored in shipping and rewards and everything else, and you know that to bring this beautiful book into the world, you need $10,000. If you were to run uh, a campaign and raise, you know, $6,000, now where are you? So while Kickstarter is there to assist, similar to BookBaby, you're primarily running this on your own. It's up to you to find the funders, find the readers, and with anything else online, it tends to be a crowded marketplace. 
Yeah, I think it was interesting hearing Oriana talk about all the details that go into a successful crowdfunding campaign. There's kind of a, a pernicious misconception that you can kind of like derp out a campaign without really thinking it through or trying very hard and just wait to be showered with like magical internet money. That is not the case. Uh, so you need to be trying. You need to do it, you know, with intention. Um, you need to have a well-designed campaign that you are actually telling people about. You know, everybody thinks about the funding side of crowdfunding. Not everybody thinks about the crowd, which is that's how this works. You assemble your crowd. And so 25 backers, you know, that's like a little bigger than your inner circle, your mom, your best friend, you know, your favorite high school teacher. The folks are really kind of obligated just by nature of your asking them to give you a little bit of money. So you can get beyond that if you have a plan to reach beyond um, your most inner circle, your chances of success on our platform are actually quite high. So I also wanted to know what genres perform best on Kickstarter. Anthology projects are always our most successful in any genre. That's, I think, easily explained because the whole point of these projects is how well are you reaching out to your audience? And if you're one person, you'll have one audience. If you're running an anthology project with 20 contributors, that's 20 audiences that hopefully are all being engaged at at the same time. So that's where we always see, uh, that's always the subcategory that does the best and has the most successful projects. Also, we've, um, my predecessor in this role invested significant time in sci-fi, fantasy, speculative fiction, horror, um, and those those subcategories do extremely well. That is uh, a world that has really embraced the self-funding model. Um, we also see, you know, our because Kickstarter kind of by nature exists outside of the traditional publishing models, uh, we see a lot of voices that were rejected by mainstream publishing. So Kickstarter is extremely queer, extremely diverse. You know, all, all the voices that have not been believed to have an audience uh, based on sort of like the fairly conservative metrics of mainstream publishing, um, those people who know that of course there's an audience for the kind of work that they do can really find it on Kickstarter. So that's something we also see a lot of. So as crowdfunding is lowering the financial barriers of entry, many adherents are turning to BookBaby for the next step. One such adherent is Ryan Broliar, who funded an entire tour around the nation through his campaign on GoFundMe. After having a tumor removed from his spine, he found meaning in performing music in hospitals decided to visit hospitals in all 50 states, pre-COVID, that is. <laughs> I was going to say. No COVID was spread in the making of this book, important to note. So here's Ryan talking about the plan. Well, the first time I was figuring out what I was, what I was going to drive in, and I, and I, okay. I named Music is Medicine, and the Music is Medicine tour, I was like, wow, what a cool concept. Music is medicine. Wouldn't it be cool if I, <laughs> if I drove around in an ambulance? And uh, we later called it the Jambulance. <clears throat> but... um. As I was building that, I realized, yeah, I needed some money. So I was kind of intimidated, to be honest, by the whole crowdsource, crowdfunding thing. I just wish that I could, you know, cast a magic wand and have someone give me a hundred grand and say, go on the tour. And Ryan also had a plan to stand out. He recommends videos. Marketing-wise, it just made sense. You know, I, I, I'm a decent writer, but I think when people can see your face, can, can really see um, your story visually, especially with some music in the background. I mean, that's, that's the hit these days. If you can make a good video, you're going to get a lot of interaction. So that would be my number one, 
um, recommendation to anyone doing any any type of crowdsourcing, but GoFundMe or Kickstarter or anything is have a captivating video. Um, I could give you a bunch of advice on, on making that video, how long it should be, stuff like that, and what I found. But that video, Sam, not only raised 68000 or $66,000, we actually raised over hundred grand, but 66000 specifically on GoFundMe. But I also sent that video to every single hospital on the tour. And when I sent that video, not one hospital said no to me coming and playing. Ryan was back in California when the pandemic began and started turning his experience into a book, which he wound up printing with Book Baby. I did the publishing route first. So I was like, should I go with a publisher? And I just didn't feel right. It was going to take a longer time to do so. At least up to one or two years, I'd heard at least two years, a lot of people had told me it takes because there's so many other chefs in the kitchen. You know, you've got numerous editors and numerous people. But more than that, I didn't write this book to make money. I didn't write this book to sell it on the shelves and, and to put it on Amazon to be a bestseller. I wrote this book to give back to the hospitals I played for and to the patients that I met and to all the people that, that, that donated money on GoFundMe. So I decided to go the self-publishing route. And when I did, I think you, you guys, I, I did like six to seven phone calls. And I mean, it wasn't close. Half of them didn't have a phone number. And if you called, they'd set up an email appointment, which was horrible for me. I'm a person-to-person type of personality, and I want to build a relationship. I didn't feel like I could build a relationship with any of the publishing companies I talked to. And when Christina answered that phone, Christina, we were on the phone for 45 minutes. I said, by the end of it, I said, Christina, I don't even care what you guys charge. I don't care. I don't know much about you guys, but my interaction with her and the time that she spent with me was enough. I knew right there that Book Baby was my choice. So, of course, we're focusing only on the publishing aspect of crowdfunding, but it also serves as a major safety line for a lot of people. Yeah, we're in the wake of some unfortunate times, with a third of Asian Americans reporting fear of physical assault due to the wave of hate crimes. Claire Wang wrote for NBC News about how crowdfunding has been instrumental for many nonprofits. Just one example, the group Asians in America raised money for personal safety alarms to help fend off assailants and distributed them in the community. Oh, wow. So it's safe to say crowdfunding is here to stay and can be a very valuable asset to anybody with a vision that they want to see come to life. Another cool vision is that of Janine Cook, owner of Harriet's Bookshop here in Philly. She has a GoFundMe to try and raise the money for a permanent home for the wonderful indie bookstore. How much does she need? She's just about halfway towards their goal of $300,000. So if you have the means, please help. We'll throw the link to that campaign and the others mentioned in this episode in our show notes. If you're interested in running your own campaign, I'd recommend getting started at kickstarter.com. Like Oriana said, there is no magical internet money, but the tools are out there to help you make your publishing dreams happen. With Book Baby, of course. Yeah, and if you want to get started with Book Baby, our self-publishing specialists want to hear from you. They can be reached via email, info at bookbaby.com or at 877-961-6878, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks go out to Oriana Leckert from Kickstarter and Ryan Broliar of the Music is Medicine Tour. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, follow on your platform of choice, and we'll be back next month. Stay safe, everyone.